I probably sound so haggard. Welcome to You Can't Get to Heaven in a Mini Skirt, the podcast where it's 5.45 in the morning where I'm recording from, so I apologize for my husky voice. You are dedicated. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Jessica. And my name's Sarah. And if you'd like to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Heaven in a Mini Skirt, and you can go to our website at heaveninaminiskirt.com. And I just want to give a quick shout out to the people that wrote our intro music, which is Josh and Presley. You can find them on TikTok at Original Sinfluencer. <sighs> and today... Do you want to tell people what we're talking about today, Jess? Yeah, sure. So today we wanted to get really weird and silly and like pseudoscientific. And we're going to be talking about, was Jesus an alien? Why do we do really serious topics and then something totally out of left field? Well, we get overwhelmed mental health wise and we're like, I can't deal with any more patriarchal like power structure shit. And I just want to go right to the weird people on YouTube that are like If I have to listen aliens. to Mark Driscoll talk for one more second, I swear to God. <laughs> yeah. Well, he started a war on the LGBTQ plus agendas. Oh, the agenda. Not the agenda. The agenda. Who has an agenda? agenda? Fucking Mark Driscoll has an agenda. <laughs> yeah. Not me. Yeah, the LGBTQ people don't have an agenda. You guys are just like, can we just have equal rights, please? And stop hating us. The end. I know. That's our agenda. So we wanted to talk about just the silliest thing we could think of, which is, was Jesus an alien? And I hope people don't click on this thinking that we actually think Jesus was an alien because after doing my research, I think it's ridiculous. But I think it's funny and we're here for laughs. We'll share some facts, but... Oh, None yeah. of them in support of Jesus actually being an alien. <laughs> yeah. I had to watch a lot of ancient aliens, and it's so bad. It's so bad. I feel like I've watched most of those, but every time I watched them, like I had to be really stoned. And then I was like, oh, my God. And then I forget it all. So I don't know. Yeah. Like, honestly, it was alarming. So I watched one full episode and then a bunch of clips on YouTube. And I actually didn't get through the full episode because it was so bad. Like, I watched it with a friend. And she was like, what the actual fuck are these people talking about? And she's a Christian. She thought it was really funny. It's always the line. Like, it's never like this research study says. It's like ancient alien theorists suggest. Yes. So ancient alien theorists. Or ufologist. Ufology. Yeah. So ancient alien theorists is the term that I came across a lot in my research when I was doing my part of the research for this episode, which they are pseudoscientific theorists. That suggests, they like to suggest things, they suggest that aliens came to Earth in prehistoric times to help modernize humans. And a common position that they take is that all deities are extraterrestrial in nature. So obviously they think lots of things about weird shit, but we're going to specifically talk about how they think God is and Jesus are aliens. And I think it's really important to note before we start is that the theories that they have proposed 
have no credible attention in peer review studies. And like, we like science, me and you, real peer reviewed science. So we got to start there, guys. This is conspiracy theory territory, and I don't want to start perpetuating this as a believable theory. Okay, you want to get into it, Jess? Yeah, I sure do. So we're going to talk about actual science first. But the only thing that I knew about ancient aliens before I like started this ridiculous rabbit hole was like just the guy on the TV that was like aliens. The guy with the big hair, right? Yeah, the guy with the big hair. So that's one of the ancient alien guys. Actually, I didn't even get his name. Okay, one second. So that's one of the ancient alien guys. His name is Giorgio. I don't even know how to say that. Has he been it's, on Joe Rogan? Oh my God. Has he? Okay. So his name is Giorgio Socalis. I don't 100% know how to pronounce that, but let's see. Has he been on Joe Rogan? I hope so. Oh my God. Yes. Oh, so long ago. Back in 2013. Yeah. So that was 10 years ago. He has a bachelor's degree in communications in case you're wondering about his uh, qualifications as a well, ufologist. <laughs> It's perfect. I Okay, I just want to put this out there. I have a bachelor's degree in communication. So like, this is the level that we're dealing with here, guys. <laughs> but I actually ended up watching some Joe Rogan clips just for this podcast. So things got just like really weird. But he was actually being reasonable in the podcast clip. So you know when Joe Rogan is being reasonable, that shit is not good. So we'll get into that. So what I wanted to know is like where and when did this line of thinking even start? So it began in science fiction in the late 19th and early 20th century, and it became more earnest in the 1950s. So Mm -hmm. we start with Carl Sagan. He, in 1963, he published a paper where he used what's called the Drake Equation to suggest that it was possible that there's 1 million intelligent civilizations in the Milky Way. So the Drake Equation is a theory that uses probabilities to estimate the number of active, communicative, extraterrestrial civilizations in the Milky Way galaxy. So essentially, what the Drake Equation suggests is that just through probabilities, there is a number of extraterrestrial civilizations in just our galaxy. And it's so interesting because this is before they'd have found any exoplanets. Like they didn't find exoplanets mm. till what, 1992 or 1993. And when I look at things like the Drake equation, it all, it does make sense. So then in this same paper where he used the Drake equation, he explored the probability that Earth has been visited at least once during historical times by extraterrestrials. And then he later, like in a book, he reiterated this theory and just said, it's possible that this happened, but it's unproven and improbable. So that's a good overview of just, this is what Carl Sagan thought. Yeah, he said, when we're looking at statistics, statistically, it's probable, possible that we were visited by aliens. Is it proven? No, but anything is possible. But then... (laughs) People take that little nugget and they run with it. Well, I know people that dismissed Carl. Like, I remember saying I really like Carl Sagan, like, when it came out as an atheist 12 years ago. And people were like, he's crazy. He thinks that aliens visited Earth. He wrote that book, Contact. I'm like, the book he wrote, Contact, which had a movie made about it. Great book. It was about, like, humans meeting aliens. But it's science fiction. He just branched out into science fiction, like... He's an astronomer, but he was like, I want to write about this. But he didn't actually believe it. We need to know the difference between like fiction books and nonfiction books. If anyone just Googled that for two seconds about his book, Contact, they would have been like, oh, it's fiction. Yes, exactly. But no, he had a secret agenda. He was, it was his own form of religion. He was trying to push aliens on everyone, obviously. See, I was the kid like reading books about 
Ancient Aliens and Roswell back in like 1999, 2000, 2001. Like I was obsessed really? with this. Yeah. Why? It's just interesting. Oh, just so interesting. I was obsessed, but yeah. also simultaneously terrified. Terrified <laughs> of being abducted to like, I was a believer. So you believed in this when you believed in Jesus yeah. as well. So you were, okay, I'm just going to put this into context. You were one, being scared of being abducted by aliens, but also thought you had demons in your bedroom. You were a very scared child. It was quite uncomfortable all the time. Everything was so scary. Oh my god. Everything was just scary all the time. Oh but no, god. I found it really interesting. Like the what are those the lines that were carved? The the Nazca lines. Did you read about those? No, where are those from? So these are in the Nazca Desert in southern Peru. And they were created about five hundred BCE. And you can only really see them from an aerial view. Oh. Which is super interesting. N-A-Z-C-A for anybody that wants to Google this. They look like crop circles. Yeah. And one of the things that is carved is like a spider that has like one leg that's longer than the other. And this is not visible to the naked human eye. So that I always found like stuff like that like super interesting because it's like where did that come from yeah there are and there are lots of things like that that are inexplicable and it could be aliens i'm not saying that aliens aren't real so basically when we look at the drake equation it's this theory that estimates the number of active extraterrestrial civilizations in the milky way and the thing about this is that we've never been contacted that we know of okay have that we, we <laughs> have we but basically as far as the regular person on Earth goes, like we haven't really been communicated with by any extraterrestrial civilizations. And then what scientists use to explain that is the Fermi paradox, which suggests that technological civilizations tend to self-destruct. So what do you know about the Fermi paradox, Sarah? Basically all you just said. And I actually think it makes a lot of sense because if you look at us right now, we are really just at the beginning. If you look at like the millions of years that humans have been around, and then you look at the industrial revolution to now, like we're our technology's taken off, but we're in the process of self-destructing a little bit. Yeah, we're doing all the bad things. But so the Fermi paradox uses something called the Kardashev scale, which helps us group intelligent civilizations to three broad categories by the amount of energy they use. So there's type one, type two, and type three civilizations. So type one civilization has the ability to use all of the energy on their planet. So Carl Sagan created a formula for this scale, and it puts us at a type 0.7 civilization because we don't actually harness all the energy from the planet. Type 2 civilization can harness all the energy from their host star. So I think like scientists have created theories of like, how could we actually harness the energy from the sun? But we are not advanced like enough Like helium yet. and... Yeah, and using like domes and all sorts of shit that I, I couldn't get into because I'm looking into stuff about aliens, but it was quite interesting. Type 3 civilizations can harness all the energy of the entire galaxy. Jeez. So obviously this is so far off. So basically they they created this scale. So looking at the scale, we wonder if there are all these types of civilizations, where are all the aliens? So that's where the Fermi paradox comes in. We have no answers, but just possible explanations. So there's two groups of explanations. Group one 
is that there are no signs of higher civilizations because there are no higher civilizations in existence. So type two and type three civilizations just do not exist. That's one of the explanations. So then there's something called the great filter. As per the Drake equation, there should be so many civilizations that there are bound to be type two and three, but there is something called the great filter. And the great filter says that at some point from pre-life to type three intelligence, there's a wall that like nearly all civilizations hit and they cannot go beyond. So there are theories as to whether the great filter is behind us or ahead of us or both. Like there might be multiple great filters. Maybe the great filter is life evolving from nothing to the first cell. Maybe that's the great filter, but maybe the great filter is actually ahead of us. And we're never going to make it there. And no civilization ever can because we all self-destruct before we get there. So the gray filter is really interesting. And then there's the theories about the gray filter that like no one ever makes it through. And that if it's behind us, maybe humanity is the only one to have ever made it through. Oh, interesting. So that's also kind of like scary. And it could be too, just if you look at the existence of civilization, say if human civilization only exists for a total of 50,000 years or 40,000 years. Like that's such a small timeline. And so you could have other species that had evolved and died out. And so it's hard to know. So that was explanation group one, that there are no other higher civilizations in existence because of the great filter. Explanation group number two is that there are type two and type three intelligence civilizations out there. But there are certain reasons why we might not have heard from them or as a whole, as humanity, don't know about them. So number one is that super intelligent life could very well have already visited Earth, but before we were here. So that specific theory is the one that we're going to be talking about a bit, is that basically extraterrestrials came to Earth, gave us a bunch of technology and then peaced out or that extraterrestrials created humans. So that would be one of the explanations that the first human we were created in vitro Another one is there are scarier predator civilizations out there and the most intelligent life knows better than to broadcast any outgoing signals and advertise their location. I love that one. I think that one is the most terrifying one. (laughs) Is that basically they're like, there is like super predator civilizations that if they find out that we're here, they're going to annihilate Earth. Meanwhile, Earth is just, we're going to send Voyager 1. We're going to send all this shit. Everybody. Maybe that's the great filter. You just get... You just get annihilated by fucking super being (laughs) aliens. I know. Oh, we're all fucked. So the next explanation is very similar to that one, that there's a super predator civilization that is far more advanced. And it keeps it that way by exterminating any intelligent civilization once they get past a certain level. So they're just waiting for humanity to reach a certain level and then they're going to kill us all, which is also just like great. I think they'd be more ethical than that. I'd hope so. That's the thing about super intelligent life. What? Who are we to say that they're going to be super predators or so primitive like humans that they would just kill everybody? I'm hoping that once you reach a certain intelligence and civilization that you actually have more empathy for others and you're more interested in helping people rather than enslaving and murdering them. But it's a problem when your technology does not keep up with your moral evolution. Which, like, human technology has been evolving so fast and our ability to comprehend, like, the global scale, a little bit difficult. So maybe it's Yeah, we got a few hundred years to go. I like this one. So we are receiving contact from another intelligent life, but the government is hiding it. That is not untrue. (laughs) 
like Men in Black, Area 51. And and also just like all the UFO stuff that came out in the news. Yeah, and all the documents that were released. It's all very interesting. So higher civilizations, I like this one. Higher civilizations are aware of us and observing us, aka the zoo hypothesis. So we're like a zoo to them and they're observing us. So that's weird. And then this one's interesting. Higher civilizations are here all around us, but we're too primitive to perceive them. That's interesting because who are we to say that we have the right perception maybe they're using like i don't know quantum communication yeah exactly or like different dimensions the fourth dimension we don't know yeah and they think that we're as as intelligent as a slice of cheese like we're just absolutely (laughs) i don't know i try to think of the dumbest thing i think of so the last one is this is a trippy one is that we are completely wrong about our reality we're in a simulation simulation we're in the matrix (laughs) so the simulation this one's interesting though because the probability that we're in a simulation is actually quite high from what i like some scientists actually believe this yeah and what does that fundamentally change about our experience of reality right now nothing except that i guess if you are a christian you want to believe right that in god maybe god is running the simulation maybe jesus is running the simulation we don't know who's running the simulation but it's possible. Sometimes I'm like, am I just like in a Sims game? <laughs> Don't forget about the Holy Spirit. Oh, he's a pretty cool You guy. always forget about the Holy Spirit. I always forget about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And he is the coolest. Yeah, he's there's the three pretty... gods in one. Yeah. Oh, God. I can't believe I forget about him. He's the best. So now things are going to get weird. Okay. So this up until now has been like actual scientific theories that are like pretty respectable because like at the end of the day these are all possible explanations but we have no proof based on like probabilities and and scientists that have proposed these explanations aren't being like we are in a simulation and it's proven like they're just saying we could be i don't know but i think the scariest thing about the fermi paradox is in explanation group number one the idea that there is no one else out there Well, I don't know what's scarier that there's no one else or there are others. Like, it's all scary. Like, space is really big. Space is scary. (laughs) It's scary. Did you know that all of the satellites and the bodies in the universe were created so that humans could tell the seasons? Quote, unquote, Ken Ham. (laughs) Ken Ham, sponsor of You Can't Get to Heaven in a Minisert podcast. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love space. I think, like, me and you used to just watch space shit all the time when we lived together. Like, we love this stuff. When I say spaceship, I do not mean ancient aliens. This show is unhinged. So, okay, things are about to get weird now. We're going to start talking about pseudoscience. So, all right, we're done with the Fermi paradox. We're done with real science. Later in the 60s and 70s, there were some books released speculating that ancient civilizations were visited by aliens and extraterrestrial life to share technology and to advance civilization. So, thus ancient astronaut theorists were born so that's what they're called on ancient aliens and what do the ancient astronaut theorists suggest (laughs) they suggest so many things so we're going to start with this book called chariots of the gods unsolved mysteries of the past by eric von daniken this book came up so often in my research and like a lot of books came up a lot in the research but this one's like hard to ignore this one kicked off a whole fucking set of nutcases so (laughs) a lot of ancient astronaut theorists derive from this book okay and this is when so i posted something on instagram and tiktok where my research ended up which was listening to a podcast of joe rogan or a podcast clip where he had lunch with eric von daniken and i was like oh jesus what does he have to say about this and he was like this guy's nuts 
And so I was like, <laughs> if Joe Rogan is telling you that you're a wacko, I think you're a wacko. Like, that's not good. So his main theory of chariots of the gods is that extraterrestrial beings influence ancient technology. Many of these theories have now been debunked. No fucking shit. But these these shows are pretty mainstream. Like, Ancient Aliens is all over Netflix. Like Ancient Aliens, they have 20 seasons. So many of these theories have now been debunked. So you know how they're always like, the Egyptian pyramids were built by aliens. Things like that. They were landing spots for UFOs. Like Yes. And he suggested a lot of these theories. This is where a lot of them began. And like things like Easter Island and Stonehenge. He's like, aliens. And so in the 60s and 70s, this book came out. And this is like the start of it. Like right now in 2023, we're like, yeah, a lot of people think that the pyramids were built by aliens. But in the 60s and 70s, like this was not a theory until this book came out. So the book further suggests that the origins of many religions, including interpretations of the Old Testament of the Bible, are reactions to contact with an alien race. So he says that humans considered the technology of aliens to be supernatural and the aliens themselves to be gods. He asks if the oral and literal traditions of most religions contain references to visitors from stars and vehicles traveling through air and space. These, he says, should be interpreted as literal descriptions which have changed during the passage of time and become more obscure. So something like angels you know angels descending from the sky like the cherubim Um, the seraphim like the nephilim the nephilim he thinks that the nephilim are an alien human species so the sons of gods are aliens and the daughters of men are humans and like Um, the morning star referred to as falling to earth in job like instead of that being the devil it would be aliens an alien yeah but the thing about this is some christians say that aliens are demons so it's like kind of interchangeable right He's just yeah. saying the reverse. Yeah, that's fair, actually. Yeah. So I have one more weird theory to talk about, okay. and then we'll get into your stuff. But I want to just talk about Ancient Aliens first. So I watched an episode of Ancient Aliens, and it was unwatchable. It is so bad. One thing that I really want to say is, like, I can't believe that this show is still on. And I don't think people take it that seriously. The problem is, Sarah, so this is my issue with it, is that, like, I think some people do take it seriously. And that's what's scary. It's perpetuating false information is what you're concerned Yeah, is. and it truly is. So what they do and what people have a huge gripe with, I read this article from the Smithsonian Magazine. I don't really know how great the Smithsonian Magazine is, but this person fucking hated ancient aliens. They were like, fuck ancient aliens, you losers. Like they were so mad. I have a question for you. Because when I look at the ancient alien theories, I find it interesting because I think if this if the events in the bible actually happened like we'll get into some of them but like ezekiel seeing like this metal thing in the sky with all these wheels and then these like beings coming out of it if he actually saw that shit like maybe he had schizophrenia or a psychotic break maybe he had taken some sort of like hallucinogenic plant or if he actually physically saw that there for me the probability of that being an alien makes more sense than that being like an angel from God. Yeah, but it's true. But it's this fantastical claim. But I actually think that's like a more rational response if we're taking it literally then. But don't listen to me. I'm an atheist. Like, I don't. Yeah, there is like a part of me that's like, it could be. Like I just said, ancient aliens is unhinged. 
but some things that they suggest, I'm like, I understand how you got to this conclusion, but what they do is they take that conclusion and they just go way too far. Oh, with they it. Run you're with like, it, okay, yeah. let's all let's rein it back, gotta rein it in. I guess I don't believe because there's no proof, but I like want to believe. There's this part of me yeah. that finds it so. I interesting. want to believe. I want to believe. I watched a lot of X Files. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give you that poster for your office. Yes. <laughs> so. In the episode of Ancient Aliens that I watched, and I watched a lot of clips, but I watched like a full episode about angels. And the only thing that made sense was that they were like, okay, angels could have been aliens. That's fantastic if you think that. They took it way too far. They started talking about like the physics of their wings. It was just very strange, like the direction they took it in. I didn't quite understand where they were going with it. And then they just like totally took a left turn and were like, Aliens came and altered people's DNA so that there were no more giants. So that was an interesting one. They were like going on and on about David and Goliath and Nephilim. And then they were like, aliens created the flood. And then the people that were left, they altered their DNA so that there'd be no more giants. That's where like it lost me. But (laughs) at the very beginning when they're like, angels could be aliens. I'm like, that is interesting because they descend from the sky. People know that angels are angels. Like they descend and then they're like, they're not human. They're not like, oh, this person just flew down. So like people see them and they know that they're some sort of like- Well, they see them as otherworldly beings, right? So an otherworldly being, why can't that be an alien? Could heaven be a different planet? I'm not the authority on Mormons by any means, but if you get into Mormonism, some Mormons believe that when you die, you get to start your own planet with all your wives. And this is not necessarily mainstream Mormons. This is like polygamous sects of Mormonism that believe like this. Like the fundamental. Because not all Mormons are polygamous. No, no, no. <laughs> mainstream Mormonism has denounced polygamy. Okay. So we're talking like non-mainstream Mormons, of course. And so so maybe they're right. Maybe you do start your own planet. Maybe heaven is a planet. And the last thing I want to talk about is something called the Anunnaki. Oh, the Anunnaki. Anunnaki. Yes, yes. This is very interesting. Yeah, so I'll give you an overview. Is that they are a Sumerian slash Mesopotamian myth. So personally, I wanted to know like exactly where is Mesopotamia? Like, because obviously it doesn't exist anymore. Like where, what land is that in? So it was like, today Mesopotamia occupies modern Iraq. Like the Euphrates and the Tigris. Yeah, the parts, and then parts of Iran, Kuwait, Syria, and Turkey. So Mesopotamia was around from 3100 BC to 539 BC. So essentially there is no consensus on the full picture of the Anunnaki because there's not enough artifacts or evidence. But basically there are these stone tablets that they found and they found them in a cave and they have ancient scripture on them. And some archaeologists have been able to translate it. And by translating it, they theorize that maybe they're like some sort of gods to the Mesopotamians. But the main point that I'm trying to make, though, is that there is no consensus because there's just not enough evidence. However, it has been said by ancient astronaut theorists, it has been suggested that the Anunnaki are from a distant planet and created humankind via in vitro fertilization to essentially be slaves to the Anunnaki. And then they eventually taught humans agriculture. But they weren't like coming to teach us out of the kindness of their hearts like they were trying to enslave people that's one theory and then it has also been theorized that they're from a different planet but came to earth to teach ancient humans and provide technology so basically the two theorists is like the anunnaki were from a different planet literally created humans and were quote-unquote gods and then the second theory is that humans evolved but the anunnaki came and showed humans technology 
perhaps force them to be slaves, built the pyramids, etc. Okay. So that's when we get into aliens built the pyramids. They think it's the Anunnaki or ancient ancient astronaut theorists suggest that it's the Anunnaki. So that is what I know about the Anunnaki. The stone tablets are interesting, but I think what happened is that like a lot of these ancient astronaut theorists just take them completely, take them out of context. <laughs> context, guys, gotta keep them in context. But they do definitely take them out of context. And like actual scientists are like, there's not enough evidence. They're just not. So I tend to believe the actual archaeologists and not the pseudo archaeologists. But what about the people that are actually qualified? What about them? There's one guy I'm going to share with you right now. But one thing to say is that they do actually have real people on Ancient Aliens. Well, this is one guy that was featured a lot on Ancient Aliens. He died in 2019, Stanton T. Friedman. He's really interesting because he's a nuclear physicist. He has a master's in nuclear physics that he got in like 1956. And he was the original civilian investigator for the Roswell crashes. He died at the Pearson International Airport. Would you look at that? Yeah. Like, Buddy, like, oh, never what? retired. And I actually had a friend that worked for, like, the archives and had to go through all of his stuff. And he was, like, a hoarder. And people sent him things from all over the world being like, I think my dog was, like, abducted by an alien. Here's a sample. Can you look? Like, he got all kinds of weird stuff from conspiracy theorists. But, like, his MO was, like, aliens are real and they've been to Earth. But he had a master's in nuclear physics. Okay, so an, so not just a bachelor degree in communications. <laughs> no, but like he he was convinced that like Earth had been visited by intelligent species. So that was all my, I just could not. Well, like, luckily I have some more. Okay, perfect. So that is all my information. I watched a lot of Ancient Aliens. I wouldn't recommend it. Please no. don't take Ancient Aliens as gospel because it's really dumb. And I can't believe it's still on. It's probably very irresponsible of them to keep going. And like, I think that if they just give actual scientific theories and they're like, ancient alien theorists suggest this, but real scientists suggest this, then maybe it would be less irresponsible, but they don't do that. So fuck you, ancient aliens. Anyway. So going off what you said, I feel like you laid a pretty good foundation for the science i want to add like a couple more were human have humans been contacted do we have any proof or hypothetical things that have made people think we've been contacted by aliens so there's the wow signal have you heard of the wow signal i've heard of it but i would like it explained to me please okay so the wow signal is a radio signal that was detected by astronomer jerry eman in 1977, well, he was reviewing data from a big ear radio telescope at Ohio State University. And so the signal came from the direction of the constellation Sagittarius. It lasted for 72 seconds. It's called the wow signal because Eamon wrote wow next to it. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, there, and there are a few different reasons why it's considered by some to be potential sign of extraterrestrial life. So the signal was in the frequency of 1420 megahertz, which is the same frequency as a hydrogen line. Why is this significant? Because it's the most abundant element in the universe. And it is thought that any intelligent civilization would be aware of this and use this frequency for communication. Okay, maybe. The signal was in a very narrow band, meaning it was concentrated at a specific frequency and didn't appear to be the result of natural sources such as stars or planets, and it was strong enough to be detected over background noise, but not so strong to indicate a nearby artificial source. And it's never been like replicated. They wonder if it was potentially 
a glitch or was it caused by some natural phenomena like a comet but they've been unsuccessful to detect a signal again that's interesting do you think it could have been spies spies no they but they detected it from coming from a different galaxy so i don't think so Um, okay so that was a one-time thing maybe it was a mistake by the aliens they were like oh we didn't mean to do that and now humans know that we're here And it's hard to say because there can be an interference. Like in 1997, SETI, which is the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, like obviously Mm -hmm. you've heard of SETI. And you haven't heard heard of SETI? No. No. (laughs) Stop. Are you for fucking real? Yes. I don't think I've ever heard of this. Um, S-E-T-I? S-E-T-I. So SETI is like super legit and it's a search for extraterrestrial intelligence. And this was a project that like Stephen Hawking was big into this project and donated a lot of money. But essentially SETI is, it's electromagnetic radiation, like they're monitoring for signals from other planets. So it's just essentially a bunch of dishes with, I don't know. Satellite dishes? Satellite, oh my God. Yeah. Okay, Bachelor of Arts here. Um, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's a bunch of satellite dishes that are looking for specific frequencies and they're like pointing at different galaxies. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that sounds really cool. I know that there there are people looking for extraterrestrial life. I didn't know that there was an actual institute. So, you know, if you're rich and you're listening, you should donate to them so we can find the aliens. Yes. So in 1997, SETI detected a signal known as the pulse sequence, which was initially thought to be potential alien communication but it was found to be caused by a satellite oh yeah so okay so was the wow signal was it caused by something like a natural phenomenon that we don't know about and in 2015 there were some astronomers that detected a mysterious series of signals known as the fast radio bursts and we don't know the origin of these still so there are some weird things that people have found but it's not been consistent like they haven't ever been replicated so they're like was this just a random unknown natural cause for this signal that we found yeah cool so that's the wow signal so basically i agree with you that science has not proven that there are aliens or that we've come into contact that we know of of course there could be government Mm -hmm. conspiracies but we'll just stick with mainstream right now and then if right now right now and now we're gonna take a sharp right turn and deviate from the mainstream and good we're gonna get (laughs) into people that think there are aliens in the bible so there's a couple of stories that before we get to jesus in the old testament that some ancient alien theorists suggest could be (laughs) proof of aliens interacting with the ancient israelites so one example used is the story of moses so moses went up to the top of a mountain for 40 days and he came back and he was glowing and he had the 10 commandments with him and so some people are like maybe There's he was an ancient aliens episode about this yeah i watched yeah. the clip on youtube i did watch that clip so so do they think that moses was an alien or that moses had been abducted by that aliens he'd been abducted by back. aliens yeah. and then there was also like the ancient israelites had the ark of the covenant have you heard of the ark of the covenant yes so it was like a sacred container that held the 10 commandments and apparently there were like two little angels on top of it golden angels and apparently between the angels was where the spirit of god on earth sat but like the only people that were allowed to have access to the ark 
were the priests. And so the first priest was Aaron, who was Moses's brother. And when he went in the tent to see the Ark of the Covenant, he had to have a string around his leg because if he were to die, because you weren't supposed to touch it. So if he were to do something wrong and touch it, then he could die and they would have to pull his body out because no one else could go near it. And so some people have said that the Ark of the Covenant could be a capacitator, which is a device used to store electrical energy. It consists of two metal plates separated by an insulated material. When a voltage is applied between the two plates, electrical energy accumulates on them, creating an electric field between them. So some theories think the Ark of the Covenant could have functioned this way because it was made of gold, which is a good conductor of electricity. And the two cherubim, the two angels on its lid, may have acted as metal plates. And there's people that'll get into like the physics of this and they have the negative charge and the positive charge and they're explaining. All hypothetical though, because no one has actually seen the Ark of the Covenant. We're just going based on biblical descriptions, but I think kind of interesting, like if it was a conductor and everyone was getting electrocuted instead of like killed by the spirit of God. So there's the Ark of the Covenant. Some people say that could have been like alien technology and energy capacitor. This is way above my pay grade here. So the next story that I found really interesting was Ezekiel. Have you heard much about the story of Ezekiel? From ancient aliens? Yes. Okay. So so Ezekiel was like a prophet. So in Ezekiel 1, it describes like a chariot descending from the sky. So in Ezekiel 1, 4 to 5, it says, I looked and saw a windstorm coming out of the north, an immense cloud with flashing lightning surrounded by brilliant light. The center of the fire looked like glowing metal, and in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. So, I mean, he's seeing like a wind coming down and a big flashing light and metal. That kind of sounds like it could be the description of a UFO. UFO. So what did um, Ezekiel think this was? Angels? Yeah, he thought it was angels. Like, he thought it was, like, the spirit of the Lord descending. Like, I feel like chariots are used, like, all the time. I think he's using the language that he had to describe yeah. what he's seeing. Like, and, like, when I hear things like this that are literally in the Bible, you're like, that doesn't sound like God. That sounds like actual technology. But then it gets more interesting because he has one of the most in-depth descriptions of, because usually they're like, oh yeah, there's angels and blah, blah, blah. But he gets really into the details of what materials were used, what the objects looked like. In Ezekiel, so he describes like the appearance of the living creatures and their movement. So they like darted back and forth like a flash of lightning and they had wheels that would rise along with them. So these wheels like moved in all directions. The structure of the wheels, he said, they sparkled like topaz and all four looked alike. Each appeared to be made like a wheel intersecting a wheel. And as they moved, they would go in any four directions. So the interesting part about this is because we're like wheels move in two directions, right? Mm -hmm. But there is technology. It wasn't around back then, but it's called an omni wheel. Have you ever heard of an mm -hmm. omni wheel before? I don't know omni wheel. This looks like military technology almost. So it's like a wheel within a wheel and it can go in all four directions. But I feel like this was just his way of describing whatever he saw. This is in the Bible. Yeah. Like, okay. This isn't in, in Ezekiel. And That's so, so strange. And then, okay, I'm sure Sean McDowell can explain this away, but that is strange. For this to be in the Bible, that's yeah. very interesting. And then so Ezekiel gets taken up with these creatures into the sky, and he has taken different places and shown, like, things about the future. What? And so he's a prophet. 
so he said this is God showing him visions of the future, but like he's taken up with these cherubim, seraphim, like these angels. I think it could have been a dream. I think humans have lots of dreams. And I think if you, yeah. I've had some crazy ass dreams and I think humans having dreams of flying is pretty normal. And, and I'll back then, you know how they talk about like Moses and the burning bush. Maybe the burning bush was like ayahuasca or right. like the derivative of ayahuasca or whatever. It may, maybe. Yeah. Like, and if you've done psychedelics, you're like, that's, there's some crazy. That's probable. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done psychedelics to that extent, but I know people that have. You've never done salvia. I'm not, I've never done salvia, but I've heard a lot of salvia stories. It's like a about people different planet. Yeah, you're like in a new dimension. I have never done salvia. It was legal for a long time. I know. I, di- I did it when it was legal, like once. And I totally lost track of reality. I love salvia stories. I like to go on Reddit and read people's salvia stories. That's like a fantastic way to pass the time. The human mind is so interesting. And when you, like, I think the role that hallucinogens could have played, I think that's way more probable than aliens or divine yeah. intervention. It's funny with, with the whole psychedelics piece, though, because I feel like that goes into conspiracy theorist territory sometimes, mm-hmm. too, where people are like, psychedelics will fix everything. Everyone needs to do them all. Everyone needs to do ayahuasca. Anywho. So back <laughs> on. talking about drugs. Yeah. So, so we had kind of those two, the story of the Israelites, the story of Ezekiel. I thought those were just interesting examples in the Bible. And then, of course, we had to talk about, we can't have Jesus, was Jesus an alien as the title of this podcast and not talk about it. So yeah, we had to lay like quite the foundation because when we say Jesus, we also just mean God was our creator an alien. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to Jesus is God. (laughs) Jesus is God. Yeah. Allegedly. And the Holy Spirit. Don't forget about the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Yes. The coolest of them all. But when I'm talking about Jesus, I'm talking about like the human that was named Jesus, because honestly, not everyone believes that Jesus was God, right? And a lot of people believe in the existence of Jesus, but not necessarily that he was God. But I mean, there's all kinds of interesting theories. Like I saw someone being like, Jesus was transgender because Mary only had her genetics. So Jesus had to be XX chromosomes and then presented as male. (laughs) So like you can say Jesus was anything and like, I don't know. So some people think that the angel Gabriel visiting Mary to impregnate her that it was more like an alien coming and like using a probe. And so Jesus was like this. It was the Anunnaki. That was the Anunnaki. And Jesus was a human alien hybrid, not to be confused with the Nephilim. He was something else. And so he was like a human alien hybrid. And that's why he had all these miraculous powers, which aren't actually powers. Maybe it was just like technology that he was able to heal people. And so the Immaculate Conception, all the miracles and there are bible verses where jesus is like i'm not of this world so jesus said in john 18 36 my kingdom is not of this world if my kingdom were of this world my servants would have been fighting but i might not have been delivered over the jews but my kingdom is not of this world and he said in john 17 16 they are not of this world just as i am not of this world like john 8 23 he says you are from below and i am from above you're of this world i'm not of this world but what was the meaning of world? Their interpretation, they didn't they didn't have the concept that the earth was revolving around the sun. They thought the earth was essentially like flat and the sky was like a dome and then all these other bodies were potentially revolving around the earth. So when he says I'm not of this world, like he could be just saying I came from heaven. That's I think that's what he's referring to, but of course some ancient alien theorists suggest that he's saying <laughs> I'm not of this world, so I'm from somewhere else. So clearly he's an alien. 
Again, I don't think Jesus believed that he was an alien. I don't think humans even had the concept of other planets. So this is really something that was just sort of applied to the story of Jesus, like in the 1900s at the very earliest. Okay. So some people think that when he died and then was brought back, that was from like alien technology. And then when Jesus ascended, he was taken up in a cloud into the sky. Yes. So that's another big one where they're like, the cloud was obviously an alien spacecraft. Yeah, and he ascended vertically. So oh. that's what the angels do. I don't know what the physics of the the wings. Don't forget about the physics of the angel wings. Obviously, these are interpretations, but I wanted to know what more mainstream Christians thought about this. So okay. I decided to pull in two of our favorite mainstream Christians, Ken Ham Stop. and Deb Harsma. Yeah, I love them. I, I love thought Deb. you were going to say Sean McDowell. I'm excited about Deborah. Yeah, not excited so, about Ken Ham. Do you which who do you want to start with, Ken Ham or a Deb? Okay, let's start with Ken Ham because I'm just going to be mad. So Ken Ham, what does Ken Ham think? I'm going to play this. So this is Ken Ham talking about UFO sightings. Oh my god! And he's on a panel discussion. All right. Well, this one might be a little controversial because I think Ken agrees with this. As a theoretical physicist, a scientist must be open to the possibility of UFOs. Okay, I want to go on record as saying I believe in UFOs. Any unidentified flying object, doesn't matter what it is, even if someone threw something across a room, is a UFO. And there's a lot of UFOs out there because a lot of things flying out there, I don't know what they are. That's Uh, right. So don't you all believe in UFOs? <laughs> Anything that's an unidentified flying object is UFO. See, I believe in UFOs. Yeah, but we already, when we did a program a couple of weeks ago where Ken talked about where uh, that's right, your yeah. headlines are like, you know, you think that, that aliens right. are going to go to hell and yeah. everything. Well, yeah. Did you see that? Did you see You're that? You're so unloving towards Be- the Wookiees. Because I said, I don't, I said, I don't believe in aliens in outer space because it doesn't make sense from a gospel perspective right, right. because. Because God's son stepped into history to be the God-man, not the God-Klinon or on something. On Earth. On Earth to <laughs> save right. the descendants of Adam. It doesn't make sense as race of beings on other planets that are affected by Adam's sin and all be judged by fire and all the rest of it. And because I said that, they said, the headline on Huffington Post, <laughs> Ken Ham says, to phone E.T., you phone hell. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. That's called That's spin. <laughs> Now, this one, there's not much news here. Because they said alien, Ken Ham says aliens are going to hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I don't believe they can be saved because I don't believe in aliens. Right. So, see, that, that's secular newspaper logic. Secular yeah, news. Yeah, and we, and we get a lot of that. So in this article, I don't know what, that there's really a whole lot of news other than uh, the guy who said it, uh, Professor Michio Kaku. He's on a lot of uh, the TV programs on Discovery Channel and other things. Um, so I've seen him quite a few times. He just said, hey, we've got to remain open to the possibility of UFOs. Well, here's the main thing, though. Yeah. You know what he says in the article? Because the universe is billions right. of years old, right. therefore... There has to be others out there and that evolved and might even have a better technology. That's what we hear all the time. So we have to be careful not to try to contact them because they might be way more advanced. Right. Than, oh, there's people around Earth. Let's go wipe them out. That, that's cutting what he's warning people about. Yeah. And, so, and, and also, I mean, you'll, kind of, you'll kind of notice too this argument goes along with that. Well, these aliens, if they're so far advanced beyond us, they've been around for a lot longer, then their wisdom will be far beyond ours. Their technology far beyond ours. Their power far beyond ours. In many cases. Aliens are almost viewed as almost like a god, a deity. They can bring us the answers that we don't have. They can extend our lives. They can give us the meaning to life. They can give us all that we're longing for. They become a replacement for God, but without the moral accountability because he hasn't revealed himself to them. So you kind of see that. Moral accountability. Well, the search for extraterrestrial life. I mean, 
really, I mean, you read some of the stuff, they're out there saying, we want to contact these aliens and find out more about how the universe came to be and we want to find out where we came from. That's right. Well, God gave us a book. Exactly. And all they have to do is read it. In fact, read the first chapter. When all the answers are in Genesis. Yes. I think if there were aliens and they were looking at Earth right now and they would see women marrying trees and the other things we've been talking about, there's no intelligent life out there. So <laughs> By the way, as creationists, and we believe the universe is only thousands of years old, because you don't get millions from the Bible. Right. God created in six days and you follow those genealogies, is only thousands of years right. old, not millions. So, of course, you think about the secularists, thousands of years old, then things couldn't evolve out there, so they have right. to have their billions of years. Yeah, that's, that's the right. foundation of their whole belief system. Oh, my God. I'm going to bash my head against this desk. Okay. Oh, my We're done. God. We're done, but oh. that's what the- It's so infuriating. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. He's so annoying. I'm just going to read a quote from another article in Okay. Uh, I just, there's so much to unpack from that video. I'm just going to read this quote, which kind of sums up some of what we shared in the video. So it says, in a biblical worldview, we don't expect alien life to exist. The Bible tells us Earth was formed to be inhabited and other celestial bodies, a.k.a. the rest of the whole fucking universe, (laughs) were created for seasons, days, and years. It was to Earth that Jesus came to save, not another planet, to save another race of beings. How do you know? Maybe he saved all the planets, went to all the planets, but how would you know? It's not like he would have told us. Maybe he went to all the planets and saved all the aliens. So yeah, what are your thoughts after that video? I'm annoyed because he uses the genealogy from the Bible as scientific proof that the earth is only 6,000 years old. It's like Adam's son lived to 800 and then his son lived till he was 600 and then his son lived till he was 600 years old and then it goes on and on until you get to noah i think and then he's like and then we're just gonna add all those up and that's how old the earth is like yeah (sighs) Yeah. it's almost like sometimes i wish that my life that i could make my life this simple that i can make my worldview this simple it's so simple life is the fact that the like they had the perspective that like secularists they need the universe to be billions of years old so they can justify evolution like it can't oh my god in thousands of years and oh i'm like no god. the no. life from the big bang carbon dating we have so many legs to stand on and you don't have a big toe like, like you're just like the I genealogy know. of the bible like like okay well you also need the bible to be real so you can justify your faith so you're you're doing like oh my god it's like just have one scientist on this stupid talk show to be like, you're all idiots. That's the thing is that they're in their dumb fucking echo chamber. I'm so annoyed right now. You know oh who they gosh. needed though? I'm going to pull you out of that. Did Deborah Harsma? Do they need Deborah They needed Harsma? Deborah Harsma. Oh, yeah. I love her. Bring her on. I yeah. need some so Deborah, I'm so excited to interview her. She has a great article that she wrote called, What Would Life Beyond Earth Mean for Christians? And so this Ooh. article is on biologos.org, the organization yeah. that attempts to provide harmony between christianity and science and so in this article she shares that there are like multiple faith options which take scripture theology and science seriously we estimate that there are billions of earth-like planets in our galaxy like could there be intelligent life what would this mean for christianity she says some atheists claim that the discovery of aliens would destroy organized religion or invalidate the idea of the bible however a survey of religious people found that most people are comfortable with the idea of intelligent aliens. The Bible is still relevant in the space age. It makes claims far beyond 
the people and places of Earth, describing God as the creator of all life and the entire cosmos. Obviously, yeah. lots of questions remain. And I think you know, one thing about Deborah and what she's saying here is that she's okay that there are questions remaining, whereas Ken Ham, he can't handle the fact that he doesn't know. So he just makes it up. Yeah. Like Deborah Harsma is a scientist. She can just say, we don't know everything, but we can still have faith that God exists and he knows everything. I respect that a thousand times more than I would ever respect somebody that thinks they know everything. And when someone says that they know everything, that's a massive red flag. Huge red flag, right? It's the biggest red flag. And it's just so arrogant too. Like I love her approach because she's so humble and thoughtful and she's like, we don't know if life beyond Earth is abundant or rare. If life exists, it's probably like, obviously, intelligent life would be much rarer, like getting to the point of a species that would be able to communicate outside of its planet. Because um, she's an actual scientist. Yeah. <laughs> she's an actual scientist, guys, with an actual PhD, not a yeah. bachelor's <laughs> degree in communications. Like, she should go on Ancient Aliens and be like, guys, everyone needs to settle that. Oh, she should. Deborah Harsley like, suggests that you're all idiots. Every one of you. So she like talks about how you would relate to them ethically. She asks if the Bible speaks about life beyond Earth. So she says some people say that the Bible doesn't mention life on other planets. It has nothing to say to the discovery of intelligent aliens. She said the Bible also doesn't mention Saturn's rings, galaxies, or DNA. Yet Christians see those as God's creation. So like just basically yeah. going on the fact that God created everything. And so if something's in nature... Then it came from God, and it's mm-hmm. a fact if it's found based using the scientific method. And if there was a God that created the universe, they're not trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes. Like, nature is a great source of proof for this. Yeah. If I were still a Christian, I would 100% have a very similar view that she has because it's really easy to harmonize these two ideas, but people think that if they believe in science, then they don't believe in God. And that's why I really like her mission because you can harmonize them so easily. And you can believe in both. It's really easy to do that. And anyway, that's why I like Biologos. Yeah. Oh, and she gets into, because Ken Ham, he implied that aliens would be fallen. They would be affected by Adam's sin. And then like, would they go to hell if there were aliens? Mm -hmm. What she says is aliens would not be fallen. Echoes, echoes, oh my God, I was just speaking in French. Like, what is wrong with me? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Aliens, aliens are not fallen because... They did not have original sin, and so they wouldn't necessarily need redemption. And so their relationship to God would be different than ours. She compares it to like how angels were created by God and that some of them didn't disobey. So anyway, the article is super comprehensive if you want to look into it more. Mm -hmm. But she talks about the ethics of it. And just in the end, she finishes off being like, we can celebrate all life that God chooses to create, regardless of if it's on earth. Or if it is on another planet. And she says, all truth is God's truth, wherever it may be found. Let's explore God's creation with curiosity, with humility to learn, and with respect and care for any life beyond Earth that we may meet. That sounds lovely. I know. I like this. I think that many Christians that we know, this is their view. A lot of Christians that I know and that I'm still friends with are like, it's okay to not know. Who are we as humans to try to understand God. We can try to understand as well as we can as human beings, but there's no way for us to truly understand his plan. And maybe he has saved other planets. We don't know if Jesus only came to Earth. Maybe he went right. to other planets too. Like, so, I mean, it's all super hypothetical, right? Because, of course. Like, a, there's no definitive proof for the existence 
for or against the existence of a higher being starting everything. I'll say that I'm pretty agnostic towards that. Obviously, Deb believes in the divine intervention of God and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Those are things that we wouldn't necessarily agree on, but I like her general attitude of yeah. humility and being like, we don't have all the answers. And like, let's be curious and explore and understand that everything in nature is an answer. I love that view for Deb. I'm really excited to interview her. I think we've pretty much covered everything. So. Oh my God, sorry. I just went on to this, sorry. So to talk about UFOs, we're just gonna segue. I literally just Googled UFOs and the first thing that came up was the CIA website. Literally the CIA.gov. It says UFO fact or fiction. This collection of catalog CIA information on the subject from the 1940s through the early 1990s. Most of the documents concern CIA cables reporting unsubstantiated UFO sightings in the foreign press and interagency memos about how the agency handled public inquiries about UFO sightings. So I think this is what was released. Remember in 2020? Yeah, like all the stuff that was re- released by the US Yeah, government. so what do you know about what was released? I just know that there were like a ton of different government documents that had been previously classified that they had like substantiated UFO sightings, but they had no explanation for some of them. Yeah, so 2,700 pages of scanned documents. So I think the problem is that it would take a long time to go through this. So you can download it. And it's 713 PDF files. My gosh, it would be fun to do a whole So if you want to do that in your spare time, listeners, like... I don't think that this would make sense for us to do a podcast episode on this, but it would be really fun to do a podcast episode on this. Oh my gosh, yeah. So from what I understand, though, there's like fighter pilots, people that are reputable, and they're not conspiracy theorists that are like, we saw this and we have no idea what this was. We have the radar. We have the measurements of how this thing flew and we have no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. So I think obviously there's enough sightings and stuff that sure, I think that there are UFOs out there. Like who knows? Is it a Russian balloon? Mm-hmm. It's hard to say because there's also speculation that governments conceal advanced technology and they're like years ahead with certain technologies and they don't want the public to have it because... It could be used in warfare. So the New York Times, they kind of summarize it and their headline says, U.S. finds no evidence of alien technology in flying objects, but can't rule it out either. And the new report concedes that much about the observed phenomena remains difficult to explain, including their acceleration, as well as the ability to change directions and submerge. So I think that's like the whole thing is that there's really no explanation for it. So it's actually not terribly interesting. I'm sure ancient aliens talked about it. I probably should have watched that episode. So... Cool. Research that in your spare time because we are we are not unfortunately a conspiracy theory podcast. I would maybe we should create a podcast someday that's just us talking about conspiracy theories. I think that would ruin my mental health. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I can't do Our mental health is dwindling at all times right now, <laughs> so I don't think we need to do this. Like I don't know. Bro- I think I've learned that like I need to sandwich it. Like we talk about all the weird stuff and then like we get into Ken Ham and then like we need to finish off with Deb. Like I need to be like, yeah, but it's okay. Yeah, we can be like, hey, there's a lot of people out there that have really bad and sad ideas about humanity and like trans people and gay people. But there are reasonable people out there. Like we have yeah. to remember that like there's a silent majority and there's a loud minority. And people are in their own echo chambers. So, okay. We love this new podcast that we came across called the Deconversion Podcast. 
and they're and, like the male version of us basically yeah so if you're very for, very similar if you're looking for like a podcast that has a very similar vibe but it's by dudes then i would recommend listening to them it's by uh, the tim and isaac are the are the hosts we just had a zoom call with them yesterday because i think we're going to be doing like crossover episodes which is exciting and, and y'all are really cool yeah y'all are super they cool they're from so texas much. they're from texas so they say y'all and i love it they are great and they also have a very similar mission to us which is like we and them want to provide a safe space for these people to explore these ideas but also if they want to keep their faith they're more than welcome to like we're not here to be edgy atheists at all we don't want to alienate people oh wow it's there (laughs) oh tying it back i'm so glad that that landed with you oh Oh my God, Sarah. Okay, we well, we have to end it there because that was just like chef's kiss. That was chef's kiss. And anyway, that's all I have about aliens. And Sarah did her puns that I'm sure she's been holding on to this whole episode. No, no, I just, no, I just came up with that. Wow. I am very yeah. proud of you. I'm proud to be your friend. So ah, thank what, you. oh, f- before we go, what did we learn today? What did we learn? I learned that there's all kinds of weird theories out there and- my conclusion is I don't think Jesus was an alien. I think Jesus was probably just a human. I think you're right. I mean, since history has been recorded besides the Bible, there haven't been very many miracles, like actual things that Jesus was able to do. It's in my opinion that maybe things were fabricated a little bit in the Bible and that Jesus was just a man, but like a good man and perhaps some sort of religious prophet but every time somebody tells me that they're a prophet they're just a leader of a cult nowadays so it's just really hard to say that he was divine i don't don't think he thought he was an alien i don't think he thought it's more probable to think he thought he was god than to think he thought he was an alien yeah but i think the theories are fun as long as we take them as just fun we don't take this as the truth we take this as anything is possible and that's why i think i really like these theories it's funny it's weird. And I mean, as secularists, we need the earth to be billions of years old. No. <laughs> and we don't have any morals because since we don't follow the Bible, we have no moral code. Did you know that? Thanks, Ken. We, we got to do an episode on morality. Yeah, I think that we need to fucking point. talk about this. It's so infuriating. I have so morals. Like, I have morals and values. I don't need the Bible to tell me to have those. So, yeah, Mark Driscoll, we're not declaring war on everyone. Fuck, like, I'm going to declare that? war on him. Holy shit. He knows what he's doing. That's the thing. It's like, he knows that what he's fucking doing. I'm going to just rip him a new one. He's a fucking grifter at the highest level. Like, he knows exactly what sells and is controversy. Like, the fact that we're even answering his tweets that's what he wants but i know i can't just ignore him because we have to bring that fucker down i can't believe he hasn't been canceled yet oh he should have been a million times over but yeah like our podcast we are not here to just make content that's like quick and easy and clickable and like bashing someone because you can get lots of likes and lots of shares and follows that way we're trying to we're trying to be a little nicer we're trying to be have more nuanced conversations more nuanced conversations and a better more positive experience of common humanity than just being like fuck all you people who don't believe what we believe yeah, because that's not going to get us anywhere yeah. as a civilization. And we have to be now ready I'm for angry. the aliens I didn't think back. I'd be angry at the end Are of this you? episode. I'm <laughs> angry. I, this is like the first episode that I haven't been sad. <laughs> Why are you angry? Oh, I love that. Oh, I'm just... usually the one who's really mad. 
I'm just angry at Mark Driscoll. I'm also angry at Ken Ham because I just think he thinks he's so much better than everyone else. And he's just like. I think that's why I'm not angry with him because I don't respect him. I don't respect Maybe that. he's an alien. Maybe Ken <gasps> Ham's an alien. Maybe he's an alien trying to keep us astray so that we don't search for aliens. If we're going to perpetuate any lies on this podcast, Ken Ham's an alien. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That yeah. Jesus <laughs> is not an alien. Ken Ham is an alien. Goodbye, everybody. And All right, have a wonderful off. day. And <laughs> we're done. Have a lovely day. Oh, my God. Oh, you can get there.